Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today, we're going to talk about if you should train like an athlete. I've been wanting to do this podcast for a long time. It's been on my list since I think April 2021 when I very first started this podcast. And I'm glad that we're finally getting around to it today because I think that this is such a common mindset in the fitness world to want to train like an athlete. And ultimately the idea that we should train like athletes comes from marketing and advertising, right? And it's kind of morphed into our fitness culture and even things like CrossFit and F45 and, you know, Olympic athletes selling their training programs. All of this has kind of bled into fitness culture and the idea that your workouts should be a sport or should be super competitive is very, very common. I also think that a lot of us that grew up playing sports, some of our first associations with physical activity was to win a game or to play a sport. And although for some of us that was fun, right? The goals of fitness and the goals of sports are very, very different. And I want to talk about that today. I want to, I want to talk about how viewing your workout less as a competition and less as um, performance and more as overall general fitness. If your goal is body composition and overall health is to me more sustainable. So the idea that we come or the idea that we should train like athletes really comes from advertising. And if you think of any like, you know, sports drink or a Nike commercial, they'll show your favorite athlete like sprinting down a field. They look like they're about to die. They're sweating. They're jacked. They've got beautiful bodies. And, you know, they take a drink of the Gatorade. And all of this implies that you're, if you want to look like them and if you want to train like them, you just, you know, need this product. And then you can train like them and therefore you can look like them. And To me, there's lots of issues with this. And if you start paying attention to it, you'll see it everywhere. Like every single product that is related to athletics at all will have like beautiful athletes working out really, really hard, like doing these grueling workouts. A lot of times it's like running upstairs or running down the field or whatever it may be. And so whether we like it or not, these ideas that our workouts should be like what the athletes do is embedded in our minds. And I want to talk about the five reasons why I don't recommend training like an athlete unless you are an athlete. So if you are an athlete, obviously none of this applies because your goals are very different if you're an athlete or if you're training for some type of competition. But again, if you're just training for overall health or if you're training to even improve your body composition, I really do recommend shifting your focus and shifting your lens a little bit. So let's get into it. Number one is that performance is the goal of an athlete when they're training, right? So performance is their goal and performance is very different than general fitness. The goal of general fitness is to improve some aspect of your body without costing another area of your body. So for instance, you know, improving uh, body composition or growing muscles without costing joint health or without costing hormonal health. However, performance isn't as concerned with costing another area of your body. Performance, the number one goal is to get good at something. And a lot of times, you know, athletes obviously don't want to wear down their bodies because 
if your body's more worn down, it's not going to perform as well. You know, the two aren't completely separate, but they do tend to have some key differences. So athletes are spending all of their time and resources to optimize for performance, not to optimize for overall health or fitness, or usually not even body composition. And many times they are compromising their long-term health, especially their long-term joint health in the pursuit of optimizing for this performance in order to win. And sports, unfortunately, are not always the healthiest way to exercise. And I don't, I always, when I say that, I think people get really angry. Um, sports obviously have their place and can be very good for you. And, and qualities of sports are super important, I think, especially for kids. But the goal is to win at all costs. And many times that means your body gets a little beat up and damaged. And the goal of fitness, at least from my lens, is to improve your health alongside your fitness, right? So not to improve your fitness at the cost of another portion of your health. And there's a reason that athletes' careers are not very long. It's because it's the way they are training is not sustainable, right? Their bodies slowly start to break down. And I read a study that said that the lifetime prevalence of back pain in elite athletes is 88.5%. So that is almost all of them, right? Almost all of them will suffer from some back pain, if not during their career, sometime after their career. Now, the general public's prevalence of back pain is still super high. It's still like 60 to 70%. However, it is telling that the prevalence of back pain is higher than the general populations. And even in, you know, these elite athletes who are supposedly some of the healthiest and fittest people in the world. So it just goes to show that their training, although it served a purpose for what they were doing for their goal, for their goal of performance, it might not have been sustainable or the long-term solution for general fitness. And performance can performance and health can oftentimes be conflicting, especially, you know, at a highly competitive level. Many times athletes are spending hours a day on recovery. They're spending money on physical therapy. They're going to their chiropractic appointments. They're trying to eat right. They're trying to focus on sleeping a ton and they have to prioritize recovery just to patch them up from training or from their games. And most of us don't have the time or resources to make sure that we are prioritizing that kind of recovery, right? We can't go train for three hours in the morning and then go get a massage and then go to PT and then sleep and chill the rest of the day. But athletes are paid for their performance. They're paid to do this. And because their training and performance is so physically grueling, they oftentimes have to make sure that they are really prioritizing their recovery in order to avoid injury. And for most of us, this type of routine just does not fit into our lifestyle. It's not sustainable. It's not um, realistic. So, so that's number one is that performance is much different than general fitness. And we shouldn't view our workouts as a competition unless we're competing, of course. So then there's number two, which is that if your goal is performance, you do everything you can to get good at a set of skills. Whereas if your goal is fitness in general health, skill is much less important. So skill training is very different than training for health or even for body composition. 
And skill training isn't always the easiest on your body. And it's generally not the very, the most effective for building muscle. And remember building muscle is ultimately what will improve your body composition. So skill training often involves repeating the same movements to improve motor control or coordination of that specific movement, right? So you're optimizing for performance. You want to get good at a specific movement so that you can do it in the game. It also may involve, you know, some drills to optimize and prime the body for that movement. A lot of athletes in the on season, they aren't spending a ton of extra time in training because they don't want to get injured, right? So they might be lifting or doing some things outside of um, practice, but a lot of them aren't doing a ton of training when they're on the on season. But they are doing these skill-specific trainings, doing these repetitive movements over and over. But these repetitive movements or these skill training isn't necessarily what will be best for the general public because a lot of times skill isn't what's building muscle. So for example, you may be doing specific cutting drills to improve your speed and agility on the soccer field. So a soccer player might be doing like a jump uh, some, some type of jump cut move. I don't know. Um, and this exercise may be super useful and applicable for a soccer player, but it isn't very useful for the general fitness enthusiast. And it's also unnecessarily risky, right? Anytime you're cutting, you are putting this lateral force through your knees, which again, if you're a soccer player, you have to be able to tolerate that. But just as general fitness goers, we don't need to put that unnecessary lateral force through our knees. And I I don't have the stats on this, but my guess would be is that people that are doing a lot of cutting, a lot of a lot of this type of movement, a lot of soccer players end up having knee problems later in life, right? That's repetitive wear and tear is not great um, through your joints. However, if your goal is muscle growth or body composition, skill training may not be the best use of your time because muscles grow the best when they are loaded at specific angles in specific joint positions, right? So your quads will be loaded the best when they are doing a knee extension position. So if you're spending a bunch of time doing like a single leg rotational jump or something that's important for a soccer player, you aren't spending a lot of time on, you know, the sissy squats that are loading your quads and making your quads grow. And of course your muscles will get some benefit from the skill specific training. I don't want to say that they're completely useless for muscle hypertrophy. I think that there's definitely, they definitely will get some stimulus, but it is much less efficient as far as use of your time. And it's often higher risk of injury. So that's number two is that skill specific training might not be the best for muscle growth and body composition. Number three, athletes also have extremely specific needs depending on their sport. Whereas if your goal is general fitness, your exercise selection won't vary too much from, you know, your friend's exercise selection, who is also, who also has the goal of general fitness. So for example, a golfer will train very differently than a soccer player and a soccer player will train very differently than a cheerleader and cheerleader will train very differently than a basketball player. A golfer may benefit from a certain drill that would be, you know, useless to a basketball player. But when it comes to general fitness, exercise selection doesn't change a ton from person to person. 
And this is because if loading your muscles, if muscle hypertrophy and ultimately body composition changes are your goal, we want to load the muscles using biomechanics. And we all have the same quadricep origin and insertion, right? Our qua- all of our quadriceps originate above the hip and cross below the knee and our, all of our quads extend the knee. So we all want to do exercises that load the quad in, in knee extension because that's what's best for quad development. You know, whether you are 19 and you're working out for general fitness or whether you are 85 and you're working out for general fitness, we all have quadriceps that will benefit from load in specific angles and from specific joint positions. Now that's not to say that, you know, some people might modify or go smaller ranges of motion or use different weight selections. All of those things are important, um, to prioritize when you're exercising and, and customize when you're exercising. But when we're talking about exercise selection, the selections don't differ too much depending on who you are. If general fitness is your goal, whereas if if um, sports are your goal, your exercise selection will vary a ton because it'll have to be very specific to your specific sports needs. So that's number three is that athletes have very specific needs as far as exercise selection and the general fitness person, their exercise selection might not vary a ton. And then number four is that mimicking a certain athlete's program because you want to quote unquote look like them may leave you disappointed. And again, I want to say that this is so not your fault. This is the fault to me of advertising and of misinformation in the fitness world saying that, or implying that if you do a certain program, you will look like this athlete. Like if you do this athlete's program, if you follow along with them, you will end up looking like them. But I want to say that training like a swimmer or training like a dancer may not give you that swimmer or dancer body. Many times a professional swimmer got into swimming because of their body. Their body didn't necessarily come from swimming. Of course, their workouts will further develop what they already have, but often their genetic disposition to a certain type of movement will very much dictate how they look. And this goes for many, many sports. And we also can't forget how these athletes are eating, right? So we can't just train like them and assume that our body will magically start to look like theirs. Their diet is super important and a huge part of their aesthetic. However, if you ate and trained exactly the same as someone else, your body will not look the same as theirs. There are just too many other variables that dictate how someone responds to food, how someone responds to exercise, how someone responds to food and exercise together. So choosing a workout that, again, loads your muscles and choosing a nutrition plan that your body responds really well to is the best course of action that will make you look and feel your best. So that's number four is that, you know, I always have to say like, just because you're doing an athlete's program doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to look like them. And then number five, the last one is that athletes have an off season, right? The general fitness enthusiasts we don't have off seasons. We're trying to be consistent. We're trying to sustain. We're trying to progressively overload, but athletes may go really hard for a short period of time. And then they're able to take a few months off where they turn down the dial, they recover, they allow their body to heal from their vigorous training. They get any rehab they need, all of these types of things. So this type of seasonal training just isn't realistic. If general fitness is your goal, 
because consistency and progressive overload are so important if you ultimately want to improve muscle mass and cardiac health and just general fitness, all of the things and feel good. But often athletes will take some time off out of necessity, right there. It's just not possible for them to train super, super hard all year round. They'll develop overtraining syndrome. So it is the only way they can keep their bodies from falling apart during their physically demanding season is if they kind of take some time where they're, they're chilling out a little bit for, for a short period of time. And athletes also have a finish line, right? So they know when they have to compete and they know when their game is or their performance is, and they know when they have to be in a certain peak physical condition for that competitive event. And again, the general fitness goer should really be in no rush. You know, I know that, um, some of us will, you know, try to get ready for certain events and such, but for the most part, fitness is so much more sustainable and effective when we can take our time and be in no rush. I always say in classes, like we have the rest of our life to exercise and yes, we want to be progressing, but we're not rushing it. We have the rest of our lives to do this. Let's do it right. Let's not get injured. Let's take our time. Let's learn. Let's slowly progressively overload. Those are the, those are the ways you will end up being the most consistent and feel the best and start to look the best, right? It takes time, but we can't be in any kind of rush. So those are the five reasons why I don't necessarily recommend training like an athlete, or at least having that mindset athletic competition and overall health are often conflicting. However, I think it's awesome if someone wants to run a marathon or compete in CrossFit or whatever it may be, you know, maybe that's someone's gateway into fitness and that's awesome. Or maybe they need some motivation to get themselves going, or maybe they just love it. And maybe it's a hobby. I think all of those things are amazing reasons. And I never want to discourage anyone from doing something that they love or enjoy or that they find purpose in. I think that all of those things are very important reasons for participating in some sort of athletic endeavor. But just understanding that, you know, oftentimes athletic performance comes with a cost to some aspect of your health, oftentimes joint health, hormonal health, mental health, whatever it may be. And it may not be the best for general fitness, especially in a sustainable way. And the fitness marketing around train like an athlete to get in the best shape of your life is dangerous to me for reasons that I talked about today. If getting in shape is your goal, you do not have to do crazy workouts or train like an athlete in that Gatorade commercial. I actually did a podcast about the five basics that drive results. That's episode number 39. If you want to listen to my recommendations for training in effective, but sustainable ways that don't compromise your joints in the process. So Hopefully you learned something from this. Hopefully you feel inspired. Please share this with someone that you feel like needs to hear this. I know that this mindset is super prevalent in the fitness industry. And I think that if someone were to think of things from this way, they might kind of change things up and they might change things up in ways that ultimately make them feel better and make them even see better results. So if you want to join us in Evlo, Evlo is my online fitness training program Uh, all the classes are taught by physical therapists. Our goal is to build you up, not break you down. Right. And we are never in any rush to get fit and strong. We would love to have you. There's a 14 day free trial. You can click the link in the show notes. And in the show notes, we also have eight free classes. 
you can um, take those over and over. You can, they're just, they're totally free. So you can take them over and over week after week and you will continue to see results. So hope you enjoyed this episode. We will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Have a good one. Bye. Mm-hmm.